Some areas of our country are doing very well, others are doing less well. It will probably, unfortunately, get worse before it gets better. From this evening, I must give the British people a very simple instruction. You must stay at home. We can no longer, from today onwards, be proud. We can no longer sit back and remain silent on the senseless, unlawful killings, sly racism of another human being based only on what? Their skin colour. We are worried that um, the Chinese Communist Party make use of the evil law to further suppress Hong Kong people. This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet, you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? Hi everyone, and welcome to Where We Are with Nina Zoe Porter. Your breakdown of all the key events in the world from the past seven days, all in one bite-sized podcast. For today's episode, here's what happened in the world this week. My people survived centuries of slavery, genocide, and brutal assimilation policies. But throughout our past, tribal nations have fought for and helped build this country. This week, President-elect Joe Biden confirmed that he will be nominating the first Native American to a cabinet secretary role in US history. Congresswoman Deb Haaland will be the first indigenous person to serve as interior secretary, leading the agency governing public roles and plays a key role in Native American affairs. This move is as historic as it is timely. In recent years, native rights groups have spoken out about unfair treatment in their country. There had been an ongoing campaign in support of the New Mexico lawmakers nomination in recent weeks. In a statement to the New York Times, Mrs. Harland said it would be an honour to move the Biden-Harris climate agenda forward and to help repair the government-to-government relationship with tribes that the Trump administration has ruined. I stand here today, a proud 35th generation New Mexican and one of the first Native American women ever elected to Congress. I'm a symbol of our resilience as the embodiment of America's progress as a nation. Ms. Harland, age 60, is a member of the Laguna Pueblo tribe and made history as one of the first two Native American women ever elected to Congress in 2018. In other news, Joe Biden also nominated Michael Regan, a black North Carolina environmental regulator who brokered the nation's largest coal ash cleanup to be administrator of the Environmental Protection Agency. It is without doubt that the choices fit with Biden's much publicized pledge to form the most diverse White House cabinet in history. And next. time President Trump announced Operation Warp Speed, General Perna and his team have been working uh, literally around the clock to build the distribution plan that you see that's in effect. And I, and I hope you all heard that. I asked him uh, how many of those kits have already been manufactured for merging with, um, merging with the uh, Moderna product, and uh, they've, they've already assembled 100 million kits uh, that are ready to go. And that's the supplies that are necessary for administering 
the vaccine. A second coronavirus vaccine has been given the emergency approval in the US after it was endorsed by a panel of experts. Regulators reported earlier this week that the Moderna vaccine was safe and 94% effective. The US has agreed to purchase 200 million doses and 6 million could be ready to ship as soon as the vaccine gets FDA approval. The head of the Food and Drug Administration, FDA, said his agency moved quickly to authorise the Moderna vaccine, allowing the company to begin shipping millions of doses. Pending the successful authorization of other vaccine options and thanks to the remarkable manufacturing work of places like Catalyp, we expect to have enough supplies to vaccinate every American who wants it by the end of the second quarter of 2021. This news comes days after the US began its largest ever immunization campaign with the rollout of the Pfizer-BioNTech jab. So far, the US has recorded more COVID-19 cases and deaths than any other country. Earlier this week, the death toll passed 300,000. With the figures still high, the advisory panel on Thursday voted 20 to zero, with one abstention, that the benefits of the Moderna vaccine outweigh the risks for those aged 18 and over. The same committee last week backed the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, leading to its authorization for emergency use the following day. And finally. I think it's a real scandal that UNICEF should be playing politics in this way when it is meant to be looking after people in the poorest, the most deprived countries in the world where people are starving, where there are famines and where there are civil wars, and they make cheap political points of this kind, giving, I think, £25,000 to one council. It is a political stunt of the lowest order. This week, UNICEF launched a domestic emergency response in the UK for the first time in its more than 70-year history to help feed children hit by the COVID-19 crisis. The UN agency, which is responsible for providing humanitarian aid to children worldwide, said the coronavirus pandemic was the most urgent crisis affecting children since the Second World War. UNICEF has pledged a grant of £25,000 to the community project School Food Matters, which will use the money to supply 18,000 nutritious breakfasts to 25 schools over the two-week Christmas holidays and February half-term, feeding vulnerable children and families in Southwark, South London, who have been severely impacted by the coronavirus pandemic. However, in reaction to this announcement, Jacob Rees-Mogg, leader of the House of Commons, hit out at UNICEF, suggesting they should be ashamed of a political stunt of the lowest order by helping to feed children in the UK. He further commented on the list of things the UK government has been doing to tackle child poverty. Since 2010 to 2018-19, there are 100,000 fewer children in absolute poverty in this country. This is a record of successive conservatism and UNICEF should be ashamed of itself. Nevertheless, despite the UK government's efforts, a YouGov poll in May commissioned by the Charity Food Foundation found 2.4 million children, 17%, were living in food-insecure households. By October, an extra 900,000 children had been registered for free school meals.
So, you're all caught up. That's where we are in the world this week. Be sure to listen next week to stay up to date on the latest news around the world. Search Where We Are with Nina Porter on all podcast platforms and subscribe today to get new episodes first.